Welcome to The Data Coach, a podcast about how data plus people equals a data-driven culture. You'll hear from me, Lorena Vasquez, a passionate data lover and advocate for data-driven organizations. And now, your data coach. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Data Coach Podcast. Happy New Year 2020. I hope you are as excited as I am for even more episodes of this podcast. I've got a great lineup of episodes and I'm just super excited to bring you content that matters, content that changes your perspective, but more importantly, content that inspires you to take on new projects, new risks, or even a new training course this year. So I'm excited for it. So let's actually get going and start off the year. We're going to start off with a question, as usual. What do you do when you don't have $200,000 for a data scientist? $200,000 is the top end of the salary range, but don't let that fool you. A data scientist or an AI specialist is considered by LinkedIn as the hottest job for 2020 with a growth of 74% in the last five years. That's insane. But it's also amazing because this just means that companies are evolving with their data and are taking serious investments into their future. But what can you do when you can't afford a data scientist? If you think that if you only added a data scientist or two or 10, you would get the innovation that you're looking for, you're mistaken. Not because your data scientist can't do the work, but because without a strategy or plan, you won't achieve any progress. You will end up having data scientists work on projects that may or may not be solving important problems. Don't fall into the trap that because you see large companies with huge data science teams that you must follow suit quickly. I was at the AI summit in New York City back in December in 2019 and Target's chief data and analytics officer was giving an overview of his organization. Now, don't let the numbers scare you, but Target has a thousand data scientists 50 of those are PhDs. Like, for me, that's the largest number of I've ever heard. But what I recalled from his presentation is that they actually have a focus on the problems that they are trying to solve. They have only a handful of areas that their team is concentrating on, and those are directly aligned to the company goals. That was the key takeaway for me. It is not about how many data scientists you have. It is whether or not you have your projects aligned to your company goals. So back to the question I first asked. What do you do when you don't have a $200,000 data scientist? Let's start with where are you in your data journey? What types of analysis are you doing right now? Is your data in a great place? How much data wrangling are your analysts doing today? If you answered the above with, I don't know where we're at, 
you know, we're still pulling data from, you know, CSV files, Excels, Google Sheets, and I don't know what data wrangling means, then to be honest, you don't need any data scientists right now. What you need to do is you need to focus on getting your foundations right before going in and hiring data scientists or even buying an AI tool. If you've heard the saying, walk before you run, that is exactly what I'm telling you to do here. You can't jump from having basically zero on analysis of your business to like straight AI modeling. If you hire data scientists prematurely, you will have people spending most of their time cleaning data instead of delivering results. And the same applies for your analysts, by the way. You've heard the phrase before, you know, or at least the, the numbers, data scientists spend 80% of their time finding and cleaning data. You know, the goal is not for them to have zero data discovery and preparation, data wrangling, but to be able to be foundationally sound enough, to have a foundationally sound enough system or platform to get that 80% of their time that they're spending, you know, cleaning and, and scrubbing data, get that percentage reduced. So what are the areas that you should be focusing on then to, you know, reduce or prepare yourself for data science. Using the Pareto principle, also known as the 80-20 rule, let's focus on the 20% of projects that will generate 80% of the improvements. When it comes to data, that 20% has to be around the structure of your data. Without going into the details of everything you need to do right away, Ask yourself the following questions, and we'll take it from there. What types of analytics are you doing today? Do you have a good understanding of the state of your business, the health of your business? Let's say if you're in sales, do you know how many sales you did in 2019 now that we just finished the year? Do you know how many you did last week? How about year-over-year, month-over-month, week-over-week analysis? Do you know how you're trending? You know, insert here what, whatever metric or KPI is important to your business. Are you tracking it? Are you measuring it? Let's take a different angle. Do you know who your clients or customers are? Do you know how many sales they made with you? Do you know the segment they belong to? Do you know which clients you need to go after this year to meet the targets that you've set for 2020? If you couldn't answer most of those questions, let me ask you a follow-up question. Why don't you know? If you cannot measure your performance, then how do you know if you're doing better, worse, or the same? You cannot improve what you don't measure. If you don't have metrics, well, then let's start there. Let's start by defining metrics. This may seem elementary for some of you listening, but if we cannot get the basics right, then it doesn't matter 
what complex analysis or models we layer on top. Metrics, in the simplest word, is what you measure, a number or value that is important for your organization to keep track of, to understand, and hopefully to take some action on. Metrics are not just KPIs, you know, key performance indicators, but all KPIs are metrics. The distinction being that some metrics may be supplemental data than just what your performance is being measured on or the key factors that you need to uh, hone in on. A few examples of metrics include number of orders, sales revenue, number of new clients, gross margin, number of units sold, your capacity of your plant, et cetera, et cetera. Defining metrics is important because if you measure the wrong thing, your projects and effort will be in vain. Let's take a, an example of a small supermarket chain, you know, something that we can all relate to. The measure that the supermarket owner is focused that the supermarket owner is focusing on is the number of sales that they do. You know, there's nothing technically uh, wrong with like keeping track of that number, but really think about, is that a number? Is that something that tells the supermarket owner the, the health, the full health of the business? I don't think it does. And I'll explain to you why. Number of sales relates to the number of purchases people have made at the store. If that number is 100, can you tell me whether the store made money, lost money, or broke even? You can't. The number of sales they did can probably only help in, I don't know, maybe staffing the supermarket. In the case of the supermarket here, the, the owner needs to be aware of gross margin, you know, inventory per skew, the basket size, and the frequency of their buyers. Those are metrics that the owner can review to understand the current health of, health of the business, understand what to order next, understand what the buyers are doing at the store, you know, which can be used for, you know, the grocery circulars, and trying to understand really how much money are they making and they're taking to the bank. As you're defining metrics, you need to find out if you have that data. The worst thing that can happen is that you're relying on some data for your metric and you don't even have it. But, you know, back to my previous point, you know, if you can't measure it, you can't improve on it. You know, if you if you've heard some people say, right, if you can't measure it, it's like it's like you didn't even do it at all. So let's talk about that. Let's figure out then, you know, where is that data? You'll feel like Lewis and Clark going on an expedition to find your data, but to be honest, it's needed. Start, my first step is always start with your engineering team. Ask, you know, is there any documentation, documentation on the data inputs and outputs in your system? Use that as a starting point. If there's none, You'll have to work in tandem, you know, as in partnership with your engineers to get that information documented. 
you know, I, I stress on documentation because what's the point of having to tell the story over and over and, you know, trying to figure out all this information every single time someone new comes in. When someone can just read it and say, you know, this is the latest, this is the information that we have. In the long run, it saves time. It also allows us to see the big picture and see what are areas of improvement. What are, where does, you know, how does data just flow through our system and be able to report on it? And ultimately, it will help those data scientists that you're trying to hire in the long run to spend less time searching for data because you've done that discovery portion of their work already. Once you've found the data, you need to know whether or not the data is the right data to use or if it has any anomalies, edge cases, etc. You need to know that because you need to be able to account for those edge cases when defining your metrics and reporting on them. You know, I'll jump a few steps ahead and go from you know, kind of walking to jogging in our you know, scenario. You know, once you have the basics down, you know, you know where your data is, you know how good it is, the metrics you need for your business, then and only then can you start doing some analysis on that data. What kind of analysis? Well, let's start with the basics. You know, what is the state of your business today? Understand that first. Start with that. Start with what are the metrics that are important for my business for me to understand where we're at and how we're doing. Then add layers to it. You know, think about customer segmentation. Think about forecasting. Um, any other scenario after that. If you can't get the simple answers, don't bother with the complex ones. Data science is definitely here to stay and it's definitely not just a buzzword or, you know, a phase. You know, nevertheless, you know, I, I don't want you to rush into something without understanding the basics. Walk first, then jog, and then run. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Data Coach Podcast. Let me know what your thoughts are on this topic and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. The Data Coach is hosted by Lorena Vasquez. You can find more information about this podcast and your host on thedataplaybook.com slash thedatacoachpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe.